You are listening to Primal Radio, the podcast dedicated to combat sports, martial arts, self-defense, and the warrior mindset. And here are your hosts from Hamilton, New Jersey, Jim McCann, and London, England, Tom McGrath. Now this week, Tom has gotten us yet another guest. Now, I have never met this individual, and um, but I've heard about him. Uh, we'll be out somewhere and. Tom would go, uh, you know, Jim, you know what Pat would say? You know what Pat O'Malley would say about this? <laughs> Pat, 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 Pat. So, but anyway, so I am excited to meet this individual and, and talk to him. Tom, now I know you have been working on your radio delivery. Oh, and we have the Alana here. How are you doing, Alana? I mean, yeah. Good. You've been working on yours as well. I mean, that, I, that introduction. It was you, better. You, you did it, well, got it right first time. Look, Amazing. that was the engineer's fault, and this is going to all play it out on, on Saturday night. But but you've been working on your delivery, and my understanding is uh, the word is on the street that you've been studying uh, how to how to give us a good delivery, new introduction. It was lacking the other week, so. <laughs> so, have we improved? Have you been practicing? Do you practice by yourself in the shower? Or? I've done great intros for everyone. Actually, this, this this one's, you can blame Andrew Jansen if it's not very good, because I think he wrote what's on the website. So, I've literally just ripped this one off the website. I see you put um, a lot of thought and effort into this. Yeah, I have some gold stars. <laughs> I'll affix them to something and make sure that you see them. All right. Um, are you ready for the introduction? Yeah. So, All right, so, let's go. Um, Pat is one of my instructors. Um, I think everyone knows that I've done JKD for years, and um, I'd go around the world and I'd, I'd meet people who were really good with weapons, groundwork, locking, and skills that I didn't have. And I therefore took up Rapid Arnest, which is the system Pat created. This next bit's ripped off the website. So Pat is one of the most prolific characters in the development of FMA, i.e. Filipino martial arts, in the UK. He's traveled around the globe as a student and an instructor. Originally studying with Guru, Guru Bob, Bob Breen at the JKD Carly Academy in London, uh, Pat quickly gained success and notoriety as a fighter on the full contact scene. After winning three international titles, five European titles and 32 UK titles, Pat went on to coach the British stick fighting team who enjoyed numerous victories under his direction. Pat also founded the Black Eagle of Society, Full Contact, Anything Goes Stick Fighting, where participants only have a helmet and gloves. Welcome to Primal Radio, Pat O'Malley. Well, mate, that introduction was rubbish, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I, I thought it was... No, we, it was all right, mate. It was all right. It was all right. Uh, okay, now, feel, like, now, Pat, look, it's an honor to meet you, buddy. I have heard a lot about you and all positive things. Um, uh, and uh, we need to work on that. They're lying, you know. They, they are. I know. Look, Tom lies about me too. So, and as as the points go down, the, the shit goes up. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, that's okay. Hey, real quick, how did you how did you meet Tom McGrath? Um, that's going back a while, isn't it? He signed yeah. up for my instructor's course. I've probably bumped into him. Before that, but you know, yeah, he's yeah. just one of those unforgettable guys, isn't he? You can't remember him. I can feel that. One of the guys that uh, I knew was going to be a, a sticker. He actually yeah, yeah. stuck with it. Yeah. He so was he rubbish, just... but he was determined. Uh, so. That's all right. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to be the most talented in the room, just work hard, you know? Oh, he certainly isn't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's funny. So you now, so uh, do you make a living doing martial arts? Do people make a living doing this in the UK or is this like I in the US? There are guys who actually make a living yeah. doing this. I mean, I don't know if it's even possible in Europe or not really, but I think it's a bit harder now. I used to when I lived in London. I okay. used to make quite a good living out of it, but uh, I got so many pussies come through the door. I got tired of teaching them. Right. You know, and I actually got to the point where I didn't like turning up every day. So I went back to just teaching part time. Oh, I got you. Sure. No, I get that. Look, that's why Bruce and a lot of guys just gave up. I have a, completely understand why guys get fed up with just teaching the general public for a whole variety of reasons, let alone just coming in, no dedication. When can I test for my belt and be a, a Sifu? You know, I get all that. You know, and it's tough. Yeah. You, have to, you have to eat crow a lot to have a public school. So you're teaching privately. Now, where are you doing this? Uh, well, I run a little private class down here in Torquay, the southeastern, southwest of England. Uh -huh. But I spend most of my time traveling around teaching workshops and seminars. Ah, okay. that I, I enjoy that a lot more because people that oh, turn yeah. up to them seem to want to know, seem to want to actually do it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, look, the guy or girl goes to that seminar. Obviously, they're paying whatever that fee is. They've traveled. They've got the, you know, the, uh, the, the hotel fee or wherever they're staying, the food, the drink, all that stuff. So they're far more dedicated and more open. So you you could pr pretty much go everywhere around the planet, or? Uh, I've been around twice. So <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> pretty good so what so how did you so when you started martial arts what when you were a kid or what how did you start in this stuff i try i dabbled in it when i was a kid yeah unfortunately i dabbled in taekwondo but never mind i'll get over that oh you dabbled in taekwondo yeah yeah got into a little scuffle yeah got stabbed in the leg you know with the obligatory kick the knife out the hand rubbish right and uh Thought sod that took up boxing instead. Oh, great! And you did and this done that for about five years. What did you? What, you just did that in South. You were from Wales, aren't you originally or something? Uh, well, no, Glasgow. From Wales. <laughs> What's that? Originally Glasgow in Scotland. Oh, okay. And then brought up in the East End of London. Ah, uh, I got you. I got you. Moved down there when I was a kid. Oh, it you was did. A All bit, right. Uh, toe rag, to say the least. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so after after the boxing and stuff, what what came next? Um, I had a conversation in a pub with a friend about fighting. Yeah. And he was uh, talking about martial arts. And I'm like, oh, that martial arts, that's for pussies. <laughs> Can't be a, a bit of boxing. You know? and, uh, yeah, yeah. He said, well, let's have a spa. No kidding. So he actually had, used to run the council town halls. Yeah. So we ran to one of the halls and he kicked the living daylights out of me. No kidding. And I was like, what the bloody hell is this? Then yeah, he pulled yeah. the weapons out and I'm like, all right, okay. Now it's getting interesting. <laughs> that was that was a guy called Peter Dunn, who was one of Bob Breen's students. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I trained with him for a year first, and then he took me along to see Bob Breen. And then the journey started there. Oh, I got that. And then it's been how many years? We don't oh. want to give away your age. <laughs> what a... well, about Gentleman six never months. tells. No. Early 80s. Early 80s, yeah. yeah. Early 80s. Yeah, I, when I, you get to my age, you forget what years are. Then. You do, and that's <laughs> yeah. okay, because who the hell wants to know? At some point in time, you know, got to give Over 30-odd years I've been training. But that's great. That's great. Now, now, you have been credited with bringing JKD to uh, the UK at some level? Or is that Bob's been? Was that, that was Bob, yeah. That was Bob. He brought it to Britain and quite a bit of Europe as well. He did, okay. And he what was, a, he what was a, the first one to have Inosano over to Britain. He was. He brought quite... He brought quite a lot of people over to Britain, which uh, a lot of people claim to have brought over, but he was actually the first one. He was the one who actually did it. 
Yeah, he was the one that did it. How did, People just don't give how did, he, did he just reach out to these guys and that's how? Yeah, he uh, apparently, from what he's told me, he wrote to Inosanto because he'd seen the Bruce Lee films. Yeah, yeah. And heard nothing for, I think it was about a year. And then all of a sudden he got a message come through, right, I'll be there in two weeks. No kidding. And then he had to arrange a seminar within two weeks. No kidding. <laughs> and apparently it was, well, it was well attended. I didn't go to that one. But I went to some of the later ones. Yeah, yeah. And I think there was about 50 or 60 people turned up. And That's pretty impressive. that just blew him away. But yeah. we were already doing a mixture of karate, boxing, Thai boxing, stick fighting. Yeah. We were all, all training under sort of the Latosa system under people like Brian Jones and Jay Dobrin. Yeah. So it was pretty hybrid back then. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, so after all that stuff, you're doing all this, you're mixing and training with Bob. So then what, what made you decide to start your own kind of? System? What was your inspiration? Yeah. Why did you all of a sudden do it? What brought? Thank you. I was at a loss for words. <laughs> well, I've been training with Bob for a long time. Yeah. And I'd also been doing Penchak Salat. I went to Malaysia to do some Salat. Did you really? How'd you um, like that? When you were in Malaysia, how did you like it? it the, the, was it pure Salat when you were over there? Well, I'm pronouncing it different than you, but. Um, it was more upright. It wasn't all this low stuff that I'd been learning in Britain, you know, like the Tiger style. It was actually more upright, a bit more like uh, Tom knows in more morning stuff. That's the sort of stuff I, love, I liked. So it was more upright. It was more upright, not yeah. down in the big, yeah. close stance. I mean, my second wife, I've had three, by the way. Nice. Do you know what the definition of insanity is, uh, Pat? What's that? Do you know what the definition of insanity is? No. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. <laughs> so, <laughs> how many more oh, do we have in there? For me? <laughs> But my second wife's parents lived out in Borneo. Oh, no So I used kidding. to pop out there for on a regular basis. Nice. That'd have been a reason and to keep her out there for about four or five, six weeks at a time. Nice. And of course, it was in Sarawak, up in Bin, up in Bintulu in Sarawak. There's nothing much else to do there. Yeah. You know, apart from drive around, right. throw things at the expats, take the locals, and then go and find someone to train with. Gotcha, gotcha. And you did so it's for that because I look. I, I've only done a, a little bit of it. The, the sea lot and at least what I was introduced when I did it because it looks pretty fantastic I just for me it just well, I guess the guy was showing me was all the low stuff and I was like that that shit is just not going to work for me you know so I wasn't introduced to anything else that was kind of my only introduction to pure sea lot you know but it looks oh, yeah, pretty you can, you can get guys that can pull that stuff off sure I mean, I I'm not one of the low, all the low stuff but right. I much prefer the more upright systems yeah Things where you're standing on your own feet, you know, not trying to do gymnastics. Right. Pat, the, the, you know, when you got, when you made that tr transition, I guess, from, you know, boxing, kickboxing, you know, what, what was it that appealed to you about the weapons and how did, how did that kind of, because um, that's obviously become your main love, but um, you were really quite a, a street fighter and brawler before that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it was the weapons coming out that inspired me because, you know, a lot of the fights we had on the streets, you didn't go in with your hands. You went in with something in your hands. Yeah. And I yeah. thought, oh, this is interesting. And you hear most people say, oh, I took up martial arts because of Bruce Lee or because of that, because of this. I took up martial arts because I wanted to kick the crap out of people. <laughs> That's being <laughs> honest, you know, man. I just got that busy with it. Yeah. I didn't have time to go and kick the crap out of people anymore. Right. So then, you know, so it detracted me away from being 
a horrible little git, if you like. Right, right. Yeah, no, I got you. So when that, you that Bob the Bob Breen Academy gym, just for your yeah. sort of, I guess reference, I mean it was it was by far probably the number one place to do martial arts in the UK in the eighties. And it that was, was it. Was, in London, it would have been we... like world famous. Was it? I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. everything was there. You know, Thai boxing, Salat, a little bit of it. martial arts, JKD. It was all. Everything was there. Everything was there. You know, and all the top names come there, so we've got access to lots of top people. Nice. Got a lot of information. That's good. Good feedback. Yeah. Good learning. We were spoiled for choice, to be honest. Is that right? Uh, yeah. And. Uh, um, and at that stage, you you were teaching martial arts full time there and working there full time, right? Or, or... yeah, I was the uh, manager of Bob's gym, and yeah. I used to teach uh, the Philippine martial arts classes. Okay, I have in his classes. I have a question. I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt. So, yeah. what is the most memorable, terrible, or interesting interaction you've had with one of your students? In a in a you know <laughs> non yeah. Like, like you know, one of these things where you're like, like okay, I, I have unintentionally made college students cry. Unintentionally. <laughs> on several. So if you had to go at it with some of your students. So, yeah. So, so what is the most memorable, you know, our Rodney, you know, or whatever? Do you have any stories that you can, that you can uh, relate? Uh, perhaps? Probably quite a few. I was trying to remember which ones. Um, I... Did make the, one of the girls cry once. Ah, <laughs> well, yeah. I, you know. it, was, it wasn't deliberate, but it's just the way I teach. Tom will tell you, all I teach isn't uh, exactly polite. Right. Well, no, but yeah. have you ever had one of your students say, fuck you, and you say, you know, hey. I mean, have you, I mean has it ever been... Because okay, eat. like, look, look, my students are college students studying comparative literature and Italian studies. They're, you know, they're, yeah. they're pretty, you know... Docile. That's right. So, thank you very much. So, um... I'm just wondering if there's if if you've got like a gory wonderful story about like you know that that notorious student that you had to take care of deal with well, yeah I was all right, let, let's give Andy Jansen as an example because I think you know he he's okay. someone who who's risen to be one of your top guys I think he's he's second degree or third degree now uh, and third uh, degree. Yeah. Uh, he you know he's he, he was, was someone I think little shit. <laughs> yeah, I should have gone with memorable. And, yeah, okay, yeah. please. And how did you work with that to get it sort of to get him, I guess, to be the guy he is now, which is which is you know like a, a real leader within the group and um, uh, actually actually very kind of uh, mature and he's toned it down a bit on that front. Well, he, he was a bit like herpes, you know. Every time you think you got rid of him, the little fucker kept coming back. I mean, the first time I met him, he was training with this American guy who was uh, claiming to be God's gift to fucking everything. You know, yeah, I never trained him. Couldn't actually do anything. <laughs> and uh, I met him in a pub after a seminar, and he kept coming up and asking me these questions: Why do you do this? Why are you in yeah, charge yeah. of that? Why have you organised this, but you're not in charge of it? And I'm thinking, who is this little Chinese guy? Piss off, I don't even want to talk to you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> That's funny. He's not he just kept coming back. And I must admit, I did beat the life out of him on a regular basis, thinking he's going to go, he's going to give up in a minute. But he didn't. It actually turned him right around. I mean, his, yeah. his black belt grading is probably the, one of the hardest I've ever seen. Really? I mean, the, the funniest point of that is right at the end of the three days where he'd been, I've been beasting him for three days. Uh, this guy that had just started with me six months earlier, Jim, big Jim, they call him the unit. 
17 and a half stone, ex semi pro boxer. Nice. Built like a brick shit house. And you can hear me behind the camera because we videoed it. He said, What would you want me to do? I said, I want you to go and knock him the fuck out. He said, What do you mean? I said, No, knock him out. If he's going to be a black belt, he should be able to handle you. Right. Because Jim's like, are you sure? I've only been training or what? They don't know me. I went, exactly. They don't know you. Go and knock him the fuck out. They don't even know you can box. <laughs> yeah, he goes with his gloves on. Andy yeah. looks at him and thinks, he's a big lad. I'm a big lad. I think I can handle him. So he starts bouncing around like, you know, some wannabe Muhammad Ali. Jim just lumbers up, goes, one, two, down he goes. Of course, I'll come over and you can see me on the camera. I'm over the top and my shoulders are shaking where I'm laughing. I'm going, you all right? He's like, yep. Yeah. Come on, get up, you fat fucker. Up he gets, off you go. He walks back up, hits him again. He sidetracks right across the hall, hits the wall, no, slides yeah. down. Wow. Yeah. My ex-wife shouts out to me, Pat, I went, what? That one's broke. Send the next one in. <laughs> <laughs> no. And that seemed to have been his turning point. After that, he got a, a little bit more... Uh, Receptive. Can say, yeah. Like determined about getting things right. right. <laughs> Listening and yeah. right. What, right. That's great. Right. Oh, last night in class, we were talking because you have the guys. I don't, I don't know this, this gentleman at all, but um, guys will come in and they're constantly with the questions, that, uh, ridiculous questions, because there are such things as stupid questions, by the way. <laughs> Not every question yeah. matters. There's a lot of stupid people as well. A lot of stupid people, <laughs> right. Like, holy shit. And I was trying to. Show guys last night, hey, how to simplify and make things. Look, we're, oh, you, a lot of new guys, especially with YouTube now, back when you and I were originally doing this stuff, you didn't have the YouTube. You had to actually buy a VHS tape or a book. Imagine that and read. And then actually go to a seminar and actually train instead of going on YouTube and listen yeah. to every goddamn guy right, <laughs> who thinks he's a sifu and all the crap that's out there. And then go to class and go, gee, Pat, I saw this guy on YouTube do this. My head wants to explode every time I hear this shit. <laughs> you know? Well, why don't you go fucking train with him <laughs> if he's so good? But, um, but anyway, so last night I had to kind of give a lecture on that stuff because it drives you crazy. And then some people inevitably – just need the good old-fashioned beatdown. Uh, I've had guys come in. I'm a really excellent boxer, man. I'm a really good. Okay, yeah, I've had it 300. Okay, great. All right. Well, I want to fight in the Golden Gloves, which is a you know a, a national tournament. I have oh, anger to unrivaled, right. unrivaled anger. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they come in. Okay. Well, maybe you need to you know get in the ring with one of my guys. They'll work with you. And they'll right. Well, then after matter of fact, the one guy uh, you end up getting a, a concussion, and then uh, going yeah. Later on, I've had a concussion, but he, my guy was very nice in, in the beatdown and then said, uh, he came up to me and goes, yeah, I think I need more time. <laughs> no, that's right. And sometimes that needs to happen. I don't know. if Was that Andy Jansen you're talking about? Yeah. That was Andy. Yeah. Yeah, but, but last night in class, you're saying. Well, no, that was it. I was just. Oh, okay, okay. So Andy now is like one of your top guys? or? Yeah. Yeah. He's one of the, the top guys in the group. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, and where does Tom, if, if you had to rank Tom. Would he be in the top? <laughs> if he was, would he, now, yeah. I'm let's not say you shut up. <laughs> so you have a hundred, you have a hundred people. It's All okay, right. Tom. I'm biding my time. Right. I'm gonna wait. Don't worry. Don't right, worry. I'll let's get say it. out of the. Would Tom rank in the top fifty percent of your guys? I'm getting. Yeah. I'm global. Okay. That that give me forty nine. You rate forty nine out of a hundred. <laughs> yeah, about forty nine. <laughs> See, now, when is he him, you know, it'll, right. come, it'll get there. Look, I know he's a really hard worker. He's actually pretty talented. Um, but when does when? So when is your black belt next t- test? Is that ne- would that be next year sometime for your next rank? Yeah, 
I normally do them at the the last bank holiday weekend in May uh-huh. down uh, down where I live in Torbay. But next year we're I'm taking all the guys to the Philippines, so we're wow. going to do their black belts out there and introduce them to some of the old boys as well. Nice. And so Tom, it should be interesting. are you doing that as well, Tom? Of course, he's, of course. He's got no choice. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Yeah. So he's he's got, got no choice. If he didn't, I'll come down to London and drag him by the ears. Drag him. Because they're big enough, you can hold them. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, that's, uh, when you, Pat, when you did your, your, your develop your system, which is, if you had to describe your system to me and I didn't know anything, how would you describe it to me? Oh, that's... Uh, a, aggressive. That's a good in aggressive word. Aggressive would be go. the easiest way to describe it. Right. I'd agree, I'd agree with that. <laughs> no, right. I've seen footage. <laughs> I, I don't like people going backwards. It, right, it's it annoys me. <laughs> I'm like, don't so, take back. I'm the cowards so run away. Go it, forward. It's it's a, is it a healthy combination of what uh, empty hand weapon blending it together, standing kneeling on the ground, joint locking, whatever, whatever works. Absolutely, because yeah. the amount of times I hear people say, "Oh yeah, the weapons, the extension of the hand," and then you watch them do the hands, and you think that's got nothing to do with the weapons you're using. Right. You know, they add in a little bit of uh, bad. They call it dirty boxing. I call it shit boxing. Yeah. Yeah, and because they've not even studied boxing, and you think you can't even punch. Yeah, I have and a that's question. Got to do with what you've done with the weapon, right? You I, know, if if you can't transfer the movement to the weapon to the hands, then you're actually not. It's not an extension, and it, that's absolutely. one of the things that does great me. All right. Yeah. So you know, I've I've heard a lot um, of you said the word weapon. You know, obviously because it's kind of the centerpiece of traditional, you know, Arnis Kali. Yeah. Mm. So. So in the UK, I'm given to understand that um, you do not have that there. There are certain legal prescriptions for not carrying weapons. Yeah, you can't. That, right, that, yeah. that you are deprived of this, and yet at the same time, I mean, isn't uh, traditionally this is a system based on, you know, I mean, there's empty hand, but then that's like one of you know, and then you move on to blades and things like that. So do you find that it was like kind of like because of or in spite of those kinds of laws? that had any inflection that you were like, okay, I'm going to get around that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's kind of ironic. It's kind of a contradiction. So I'm just right, you're teaching weapons in a country you can't carry weapons in. Well, I, oh, I'm going to give him credit I, for adapting a bit. <laughs> when I was younger, it didn't stop me carrying them. <laughs> right, of course not. Bingo, right? Wasn't there just some hatchet attack or something in the U.K.? Oh, probably, that? yeah. It's quite common down in... It's probably down in London, mate. Them boys are used to chopping each other up all the time. Right, right. <laughs> Just because you're not carrying it doesn't mean the bad guy's not carrying it. But anyway, so when you no, blend all this stuff together, it, it, is it is it is it mostly Filipino-based? I mean, how much of the pure Filipino... Because so I did... I've, like, I've done pure Filipino... I've got a black belt in pure Filipino martial arts. Um, um, is it pure that, or do you get rid of all the... More fancy stuff, more drill stuff. The flowery, the pretty stuff, yeah. I can't stand that. So you, my head and is. you just got rid of it altogether? Seriously, all yeah. practical application of it? I can do it at demos. It can make it look nice, flower it, it up and all that. But it, it becomes it, addicting. It, it like, serves no purpose. Right. So you'll spend – look, I'll give you an example. I was in Chicago, and I'm in Chicago, and I'm doing a seminar with a couple of different guys, one of them being a Filipino-based martial artist. And we're, and we're doing whatever, and he was doing a, a take on one of the particular drills and with a, a couple of different variations. And I'm participating in the seminar because I always want to learn and, and do whatever it was. And, and I'm finding myself doing this drill, and I was struggling with some of the moves because it really didn't make sense. If I was going to bonk you in the head, I would have done it this way, 
not go around the block to bonk you in the head. I just run at you, bonk you on the head. And so the guy came over and goes, Jimmy, you know, if you keep working this, you'll get really good at this drill. And then I go, yeah, if I keep working this, I'll get really good at this drill. And I'm going, what the fuck? I don't want to get really good at the drill. I want to get really good at kicking your ass. So that's how we do, right? So we get, we become master, whatever the system is, we become masters in drilling, you know, that weapon that, however, the heaven six or whatever we're doing, you know, ad nauseum. So you spend an hour doing that and never learning a real practical application of that technique. And that's often where I feel people in whatever system might not ever actually make it applicable to a real fight. My question to him would be, why are you doing the drill? He has no clue. What purpose does it serve? Right, he has no clue. If he has no clue, I'll ask for my money back. And yeah. I have got nothing on <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. I have no shame in asking for my money back. Right. I have a question about that, just to follow up on that. You know, I, I've noticed that there's kind of a, a theme about, you know, Obviously, there's the there's the ornate, there's the flowery, there's the. I've heard TKD several times, you know, mentioned in shame last week uh, by Tom, um, affiliation <laughs> via his brother. But but anyway, you know, I, I've also noticed that there's this kind of division in in martial arts between like the people who like are really proud of what they can break, et cetera. Versus the people who um, are practically oriented, and it seems like the former camp, with their with their kind of conventions and prescriptions and forms, are very almost I don't know. Would you say threatened? Whatever. Th- there's there's a rivalry going on between. Right. W- what's the problem with practical application? What, why, the, why 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 such a why such a attention? When, like when what's you, the deal? When you were getting that, were you getting pushback when you kind of first were doing the, your own rapid arness? Are you getting pushed back from the traditional community? Like, you don't, you know. Um, well, I was only on the cusp of the traditional community anyway, because obviously being in the JKD club, right. we uh, try to avoid them as much as possible. <laughs> you know, because uh, I used to call them toenails, you know, because they were so far up their own houses, that's all you could see. <laughs> that's great. That's great. <laughs> that's fine. I never heard that. Damn, I'm going to steal that. That's good. <laughs> They seem to believe this stuff works, but they never actually try it. At some level, sure. You know, it's like, I've always had this thing in my head, the what if question. Well, what if he tries to hit me like that? What would I do? You know, when I first started, it was like, yeah, I started bleeding or I got bruises and bumps. And eventually you learn how to go around things. It's like anything. You've got to get hit a few times before you learn how to duck. Right. Absolutely. It took me the first year in boxing to learn that, oh, you should be bobbing and weaving. I thought I could break their fist with my face. I d- I've thought that too. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it does work sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it works. I, wouldn't, I couldn't sell it as a system, but I, I'm, I not, oppo- I'm not opposed to doing it. I wasn't aware you were disabused. Well, the, uh, tradition, the so-called traditional guys are scared of is the practical stuff does actually right. work. Yeah. But the, the other stuff puts bums on seats. Right. Mm. Absolutely. You know, they, they could sell the game because if you're honest about it, most people don't actually want to get hit and they don't want to train to be hit. Right. They want to pretend to put the belt on, the suit on. They want to pretend they're doing martial arts. They're this Jackie Chan or Bruce Lee in their imagination. Right. If they come to the real thing, they'd be running the other direction if they didn't shit themselves first. Right. No doubt. No doubt. So I, you- I have to just, just a little story for, for me. I, when I, so when I... I first met Pat going back to, uh, to you know, the, the beginning is, is um, there was a knife defense seminar up in Leicester in like 2012. And I saw the skills and I was like, I need to learn this stuff. 
and um, a couple of years later, I heard about this um, uh, instructor's course, which I, which I obviously um, uh, started on. Um, and I did my first weekend of training. It was good. And we learned how to walk. I mean, that sounds really <laughs> bizarre, right? But it was like, we, we literally learned how to walk right. one foot in front of another. Mm-hmm. And it was like, fuck me, this is difficult because I was used to using my JKD footwork sort of thing, you know, where you're, right. where you're one side forwards and actually using using the kind of footwork in the Filipino stuff was totally baffling. So I basically learned the 12 strikes and how to walk. And I went down to the, the, the three-day summer camp expecting like a similar kind of experience to what I'd had in JKD where, you, you know, you go and you do some drills that simulate sparring, but you don't actually spar that often at the seminars. Right. You learn some new skills you have some drinks and it, 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 it's all good fun but you haven't necessarily tested those skills out and uh, you you'll be kind of probably familiar with that gym and yeah. um I, I went down there uh with this sort of relaxed attitude in mind like this will be fun and i saw like the first you know we, we, it was very clear that we were expected to spar right from the beginning and i saw this first fight which was uh, two guys from new zealand and they were they were trying to kill each other. It was like it was it was brutally brutally violent. Wow. And I was like, shit, I've got to go and do this next. Um, and I got, in fairness, I got stuck in. But it was uh, the the, the Arnis stuff is incredibly ag- aggressive. And that that there's a sort of hacking kind of style based on you know machetes right. thrusting forward rather than the flowery stuff. And it. it yeah, I mean, like right, right from the off, the, the 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 expectation is for you to be aggressive, and if you can't handle that, a lot of people will walk away. Well, I mean, the thing is, correct me if I'm wrong about this. So I'm wondering. So not only is the you know the history of the Philippines closely tied to to Arnis in practical application, right? But mm. it's the national sport. You know, FMA that's the national sport since what 2010, 2009. Yeah, um, not that long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so so. You know, I know earlier I was asking, you know, well, what the hell? You can't carry a weapon, you know, legally. Um, and yet the system is so strongly based on that. And in fact, the heart of it and the core of it, you know, is is rooted with that. So what I want to what I'm wondering is, um, is there a different attitude there towards um, would you say that the attitude is, is kind of like similar to some people who are fans of like MMA here? Or is there a different kind of participation like not just like spectators and those who are actually engaging in matches. I've heard tell of death matches. I don't know. You know. Um, <laughs> are these true? Are these mythical? Are these unicorns? Have you been involved in one? Right. You know. But um, basically, the point being, you know, over, you know, do you see a difference between the approach and um, the 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 attitude towards what it sh- what martial arts should be there versus here? Here being um, here being the UK actually, it, but it, yeah, really. it depends where you go because you get good and bad bad people everywhere. Sure, uh, yes, it's, you know, and I'll, again, a lot of the flowery stuff sells. To me, the weapons are just a training tool, mm-hmm. like a hook and jam pad. It's just teaching you how to move and how to actually approach things. Right, but you know, I'm a believer. Of once you do all that, you can put them weapons down. The same movements are, are valid. Right. But in the Philippines, like, do they have like? I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, it's it's the national sport, so I'm wondering how that what that means, like how that translates. Is there more hardcore there? Are they yeah, more dedicated, or is it just it doesn't mean anything? Exactly. It depends on again where you go to, because mm-hmm. like 
over in the West, there's good guys and there's some downright bloody con artists, to be honest. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, they've got a lot of people believe, oh, they're good because they're Filipino. They seem to think for some reason it's right. genetically inherent that they can <laughs> use weapons. <laughs> right, <laughs> which is the furthest you thing know? from the truth. Yeah, and then you have the clubs that do pander to the tourists, so they'll flower it up a bit because sure. they can charge more money. No doubt. And you can't blame them, you know, when $10 is a weekly wage and they've got this guy's willing to pay $50 right. an hour. Right. Christ, I'll sign the certificate for you as well. Right. Now, like in the U.S. now, like, for example, what I, I do combatives training. Essentially what my combat and I, you know, whatever. And what it is essentially is a hybrid of 43 years of martial arts. Long time. Is it, mm. is, it, is it Filipino? Is it boxing? Is it this? I really don't know at the end of the day. It's my combination of blending things together, not unlike a master chef, you know, making a, whatever he's cooking, right? But, but um, it's not, look, I'm sorry, what's that? Oh, I thought you said something. No, I was thinking to myself, dart away from that metaphor. Dart away, dart, dart away. away. Oh, dart away. Keep going, yeah, go, wow. go, yeah. But I didn't say it, go. Right. But uh, so in the U.S. here, you have, so people go, hey, is it, you know, or do you do Krav Maga? Nothing against Krav Maga, but as you were saying, just because a guy went to Israel to learn Krav Maga, look, everybody in Israel is in the army. So you could be training with the cook or the guy who was cleaning the shitter. You know, so it doesn't mean he was a Krav Maga expert. And hence, it seems to be kind of a big thing over. Is, it, is, that, is that big in the UK or the Krav Maga? Krav Maga can be, yeah, that's yeah. the sort of thing. And it's like, you think, well, hang on, oh, this is military force stuff. Yeah, well, they've got tanks and airplanes as well to back them up. Right, right, right. It's, like, yeah, it's, um, it's just because they've done it. And look, and there's different levels yeah. of that as well. But anyway, and this thing I keep hearing, pure Philippine martial arts. I haven't met anything yet that's pure. No, exactly. It doesn't there's, exist. There's no such thing as pure Philippine martial arts. Right. All the old guys I train with, train with five, six, seven, eight other people. Right. In and different me. systems. You know, they've done judo, boxing. They've done a bit of everything. That's how they got good at what they got good at. They've sure. written try against other things. So in your system, you're you're blending you're blending a little bit of everything you've ever learned, then, like whether it be boxing oh. or wrestling or whatever. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, who better to learn how to punch from than a boxer? I can't think of anyone <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, right. you can't turn around and say, "Oh, my martial arts boxing system is far better than boxing." Get in the ring and find out. Find out, right? Now, Tom, we talked about originally. Tom had the experience of fighting our, our fighter Scrap, who's an amateur world champion. And Tom's not a bad boxer, but and right, Tom, how fast was Scrap? Lightning. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's so good. He's so right. good. It was, it was a great experience. I, I, I learned quite a lot. I mean, this guy as well, just, just, it's, I remember like standing next to him and he's a bit shorter than me, and he's, but he's got longer arms. Yeah. So he's like, <laughs> he's got a crazy reach, you know, and then he, he's slim and fast. And yeah, but it was, it was, it was brilliant fun. Brilliant yeah, fun. Yeah, right. It's so, and, and there was a difference. Now, Tom, you made a remark that some of the guys you spar at, I guess, the, the JK, JKD London, yeah. were thinking, like, you're like scrap as far as yeah, the ability yeah, to move. Yeah. And, then, and then you're like, there's always a whole other level of understanding and performance ability that you're not even always aware of. And, and uh, so that was your experience with the boxer. But you were saying, Pat, you know, get in the ring with a boxer and see how good your hands are. See how well you move, because from day one, they're boxing, they're moving left and right. Like you said earlier, the, hey, I never thought about moving my head out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's a brilliant idea. <laughs> but that's how yeah, we learn. You, you get the next argument, don't you? Oh, yeah, but boxing isn't street fighting. I'm like, yeah, right. but get in the ring with a boxer. And say you don't need the rules, because he can fight with that rules too. Right. 
but I bet you his hands will beat the crap out of you before you try any of your street fighting stuff. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you the one thing I've, I've said to people is if you had to pick necessarily one thing, a lot of times it'd just be bo- without weapons and other things. It's just boxing because it it covers and it can translate to so many different things. We had talked about Tom. I believe we talked about in the JKD world. I got guys out here who are trained the pure JKD, uh, at least as as I understand it. And there's a huge deficit in their ability to actually move like an athlete, their ability to uh, trade yeah. blows, their ability to actually get hit and come back. And I say to them, why don't you try some boxing? But it's not JKD. I go, well, yes, it is. Bob Bremer said a lot of times when they were training, when he was training Bruce, he thought they were just boxing or they were just doing kickboxing, that there was nothing else. And they did that for long periods of time, just sparred in the yeah, backyard. Yeah. I, for, for, for me, it was, uh, you know, I, I took up the boxing because I felt my head wasn't getting off the line enough. So I needed right. to, to slip, bob and weave, et cetera. And that, and that was quite an early development in my martial arts uh, growth, whatever right. you want to call it. Right. I, I have a follow Once again, another follow up question. Uh, I, apparently, I'm full of them today. So, you are. so yeah. So, um, is there some kind of like division between people who do pure JKD and people who think they do pure JKD? Like, is there, is there, I mean, you know, we, we, we've been talking a lot about, about the, the flowery and the impractical and the practical. And I think actually I asked a question. So we as a mouse in my pocket, but anyway, um, but what I was wondering is within the JKD community, um, is is there kind of a division where there there are people who like want to believe that they have this like pure this pure form and that you have right. to do it exactly this way? And Bruce would have said, and if you look at Inter, you know the dragon, That's, then you see that. Yeah. I mean, the, the, here's what it goes on. So in the JK and I'll answer, probably in the in the R and East world, whatever, whatever it is, combats BJJ, you name it, everyone thinks they have the answer and they know everything in our system for, for the most part, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and there are guys who have who are brilliant. Other guys are, you know, they're so cemented in their way that they don't change up anything. That absolutely, in whatever system, it doesn't matter if it's JKD or. Well, I or, think it's no. I think or, it's really more important for JKD because the heart of its practicality right. and ad- adaptation. Man, the, the reality so. has nothing to do with what's going on, though, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, so, so, Pat, when you're no, it's your. Yeah. But, uh, but what what a lot of people don't realize, I've done JKD for a long, long time, right. for a lot of years. But I don't promote it for the simple reason there's a lot of bloody idiots involved in it. Yeah. You know, yeah. they come up to you and say, like, oh, do you remember one hour, two seconds into the film that Bruce Lee done this? And I'm like, I don't even watch the film. That's right. I've got <laughs> a life, dude. They know the dialogue inside out. I know they do. One guy, one guy who's actually uh, still in JKD now, I won't mention his name, he turned up to the gym once in the yellow jumpsuit. <laughs> and you let him in anyway. Yeah. And I know another guy who, had, like me, had fiery red hair. You know, I mean, my hair could glow in the dark when I was younger. Yeah. You know, so this guy dyed his hair black so he could look like Bruce Lee. No kidding. A white guy. He's still active. He's still knocking around. And I just look at him. So anytime they try to get a little bit, uh, oh, look at me, I'm brilliant. I just go up and quietly remind them in the ear what they used to do when they were younger. Right. You know, I said, like, remember you dyed your hair or remember you wore the yellow jumpsuit? I'd keep quiet if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> now, a lot of attention earlier, I looked at it, Tom, though, too, it's funny. So when you've gone to the, when you, you fought, how many you got fights in the UK? Did you have fights in the Philippines as well with the stick fight? Yes, yes, yeah. Both, both yeah. places. Um, 
Yeah. And uh, Los Angeles as well, oh, over there, that. you know, all around Europe. Did you find it tougher in one area versus another? Was it tougher in the UK or the Philippines or LA, or is it all essentially the same? Depend on the individual fighting, I understand that. but uh, The Americans, Philippines had a lot of people in their team, but they had a small group that were really good. Yeah. Outside you of know, that, they were no good. They it with numbers. We didn't have the luxury of having the numbers. Oh, so you. we just trained our asses off. So although we were a smaller team, we'd seem to have a lot of success for the size of our numbers. Yeah. But that was just because I used to push everybody as hard as possible. I said, look, there's no point in going all the way over there, spending all that money. Right. And just sit there and watch everything going on because you've just got your backside kicked in the first round. Yeah, right. You know, so, and a lot of people went over there and they won medals and doing the forms and all the sort of thing, twirling the stick, making themselves look pretty. And they'd go, oh yeah, I'm world stick fighting champion. Yeah. No, you're a world back and twirling champion. You had your guys that were like a class above. I mean, from yeah. America, you had a guy called Frederick Conkheimer. Uh-huh. We nicknamed him the Muhammad Ali of the stick world. That guy good. floated around the ring. Wow. So what are you the know, rules? Yeah. So if, 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 if what, are, what were the rules? When, if you and I were to fight, what would the rule, how would the rules work? Um, back then, I mean, they've changed it a lot now. It's become a lot safer. Because, oh, yeah. Uh, you had the jacket, the helmet. Gloves were optional. Yeah. You know, you, you didn't have any arm padding on, and the sticks were heavy. Now they're, they're like balls. I know, that's right. They, want, they don't want people to get hurt. They want to make it wide, for a wider audience. Yeah. And you could thrust, you could butt strike, you could foot sweep. You know, you had three one-minute rounds. If they lost the stick, it was a point off. If they went down, it was a point off. How you do know, I get a point? I just get a clean shot on. Is your head a better shot than uh, the body? No, they used they used the spar um, the same way as boxing on the ten point must system. Okay. So you're trying you're trying to get the clean shot as like many that. shots as possible. But yeah, I think that's a better idea. Otherwise, it's a game of tag. Yeah, but it it become that safe now. It looks like two kids fighting over a bag of sweets. Right. Right. You know? Because right. the armor's got that well protected now, people mm-hmm. are actually ignoring the fact that you've just been hit in the head. That's a that really good point. Over. Uh, so it's like laser tag. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, but then they'll go, yeah, but I've got eight, eight shots to the body, so I'm points up. Yeah, but no, right. you're dead. You're dead. <laughs> you know, Cockheim <laughs> so, had pointed out. We're, but it's we're, sport. We're doing, it's a sport. So right, we're it's doing kill shot. And, and so, example, when we'd often do, so, Tom, I don't know if you've done it, you're, you're doing the fighting. You know, if I get that absolutely clean blow over your head, you're probably mm. done. Doesn't mean oh, that's yeah, a absolutely, yeah. right. So, but of course, you'll see guys, and they'll continue to fight. They'll take them down, and the, the fight might go to the ground and stuff like that. The reality is, if I really swung a stick at your head and hit you with a clean blow, chances are the fight's over. But when you have all that gear, the fight continues. So it does teach you unrealistic, uh, you know, approach yeah, if, at some level. If you let it, you become too reliant on the gear. Right. Yeah. It's fu- you know, which is one of the reasons we started taking the gear off. Right. Mm. But no, you yeah. had your headgear, no headgear. Um, we do now. Yeah. Because not that many people were stupid enough to actually do it without the headgear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. But in the early, in the mid sort of eighties, there was a aspiring partner of mine, Simon Wells. We called him Orson Wells. He's a big, big lad. Yeah. He come back from the Philippines and he went, uh, Pat, they fight out there without any armor. I'm like, right, okay. Being young, stupid, and ginger-headed, I'm going to give a go then. Let's go, yeah. And we stood there in Bob Breen's gym, and we sparred for 10 minutes. I mean, for the first 10 seconds, I was inside screaming, going, shit, this hurts like fuck. 
Yeah. There was yeah. blood everywhere. I bet. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Bob Breen and another guy, John Harvey, just stood there shaking their heads going, you two guys are off your head. No doubt. And after 10 minutes, we stopped. You know, and he said, oh, yeah, but out there, they wrap the sticks in hessian so you don't get cut. And I'm like, fuck, tell me now. <laughs> you know? We'd been fighting with sticks that were unwrapped, heavy ones. <laughs> yeah, right. You go, Geez. He just thought it'd be funny for us to fight. And that sort of gave us the birth to the Black Eagle Society. But that took us another, oh, now what is the, what is seven, the... eight years to have other people have a go with that. And only because we put the helmets on. Wow. What's the Black Eagle Society? The Black Eagle Society is, is like that, that story I just told you. That's where it started. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that... know, we said, look, we've got to do this more often because there was only a couple of we used to spy like that all the time. But we thought, look, we've got to get up for work in the morning. So we put the helmets on. Yeah. And then slowly we encouraged more people to do it. And there's no set times. One of the guys could actually say, can we have a meeting? We'll turn up. No audiences, no cheering. Three minutes, wow. no rules. Do what you want. Shake hands. No winners, no losers. Then go and get drunk afterwards. Nah. And no losers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> then you wonder why you had to teach privately. Huh? <laughs> all the guys that go for black belt with me have to do it. No, have no choice. Has Tom done this? No, not yet. <laughs> so wait, so Tom, you... I want to go back because we were touching on, we jumped up. You um, are on the, you, you signed up for the black belt. Yeah, so I'll be doing that in the Philippines in, I think it's going to be June, although we're, we're waiting for Andy to confirm when we're, when we're going. It's right. going to be a two yeah, week trip. Ideas, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, I, I want to get back. To, oh, sorry. Go so, ahead. so, wait, so when you, so you, you're, when you, so you're going next June, you sign, how long ago does this take if you were to sign up for that? What do you call it? An instructor? For the course. For the course. So, uh, so, so that'll be that'll be the end of my fourth year. And then there'll be another year. So, so basically we have a junior black, which is what I'll be doing in the Philippines, gotcha. which is yeah. to show I've got all the skills required. And then um, the next year will be my senior black, which is an in, in, instructor level. And I think for instructor level, they expect you to be like bringing things to the system, showing a really high level of understanding. And I, I, yeah, I mean, Pat could probably elaborate better than better than me. Do that stuff under pressure. Do it under pressure. Right. What are you being hit? <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if everything goes well in the in the rapid harness system, there it should take with hard work. What five years? Six years yes. to achieve a black, but that's what that's just that's not screwing around. That's actually working it, showing up, practicing. You can't just obviously scoot through it. So, no, no. If you if you think you can scoot through it, I'll be the first one to tell you to get lost. Right, right. So, so so people come in. They join, so how many people like how many people who start actually finish? I mean, um, this is what ninety three. So ten percent. Ten percent. Wow. And that'll make yeah. It we've had a lot of people um, flake out over the years yeah um, oh yeah yeah the, the first year we had uh, the one lady i won't mention her name <laughs> we turned around she said when are we going to get to the interesting stuff i said well no until you can run a walk and move there is no interesting stuff and i went and the interesting stuff is you can walk and you can move <laughs> <laughs> yeah she, she was a craft magar instructor Unfortunately, uh, no, she's probably a future viewer of the Born Identity or something yeah, like right. that. <laughs> they like that, right? Exactly. No, so, so how many guys are going to go to the Philippines with you this year? Or next oh, year when you go? Uh, I think at the moment the numbers are up to about 15, I think. That's Andy will know more about that. Wow. He's the one collecting. Yeah. How did Andy get in charge of this? 
he likes to volunteer his services to organise <laughs> He stuff. wants to volunteer his services. <laughs> yeah, I see it that way. Yeah, that's great. Nice. And he wants an excuse to go back out himself. I think there's right. some little bar with some girl sing or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So how long are you guys going to be out there for? It'll be about two weeks. Two weeks, whole weeks, and you've arranged for the facility to stay at a place to train. All that's already done, I'm assuming. I would train on the beach, or I know I know people out there as well. I can turn up to their gyms. I know quite a lot of the old guys out there. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, you it'll, arrange it'll, with them. It'll cost me a few barbecues to go and say hello to them. You know. Sure, but... sure, sure. So no, that sounds like an awesome time to go out and do all that stuff. Does that, so if people are trying to find a, to get a hold of you, Pat. Like if if we wanted to have you out here, what has how does that how does that play out? Just give me a call and talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was some you know we had to go through uh, Tom and we had to go through Andy. You, know, you got your your posse there keeping keeping the secret, secret chain of command. The secret yeah, chain uh, of command. <laughs> Andy does sort of look after the calendar. He tries to make sure I don't get double booked. Sure. When when he's sort of knocking about, <laughs> you know, but he's obviously a busy lad himself. Right. Yeah. You know, but um, I'm not very good at keeping dates in my mind, so mm-hmm. I'll let someone else look after it. Nice. And so when you and go, he'll to... fill up the calendar. But if I've got something, someone's called me say I want to come out there. I'll say, look, am I busy that weekend? Nope. Right. I'll say, right, well, let's do it. Let's... Then I'll tell Andy, and he'll stick it on the calendar. Gotcha. Gotcha. How many? How many Rapidarnest.com okay, rapid is the website. I think I've, I've, I've mentioned it a couple of times after our show yeah, for yeah, those yeah. who have interest in doing the stuff I do. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, because look, Tom, I highly recommend you, and maybe we'll get you out to the to the to the new gym. Speaking of, by the way, I, I want to jump aside. Uh, uh, the new gym is coming along fantastic, Tom. You're going to be shocked when you get out here. When are you coming back to the Can't US, wait. Tom? Um, it, will, it will be in 2018, yeah. I think. You're going to be um, shocked at how yeah, as, as early as I can. As oh. early as I can. Yeah, so you know, the, I'm a busy man as well. You are so busy. So over the weekend, <laughs> right, <laughs> on a sign out, but there, is I had um, I'd obtained like 5,000 pounds of weights, dumbbells, barbells, plates, and I spent – so Saturday morning, last Saturday, I go to the gym at uh, 4 or 5 in the morning uh, – did a couple of private sessions, did class. Right when I was done, I spent eight hours unloading that stuff uh, out of my driveway, putting it in a truck, drove it to the gym, and unloaded it and stacked it up. Took eight hours of moving all over. My fingers are on fire from carrying 100-pound dumbbells about 100 yeah. yards and moving them. I, ho- I hope you use good technique. Yeah. <laughs> Look, at some point in time, the technique goes out the window, and you just have to kick ass. <laughs> so yeah. To me, the first weekend of every month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's. Fun. All right, so I, I hear that you've taken up dancing. Yeah. Is 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 there a motive for this? Is there a practical application? He doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, um, or is it just yeah, something yeah. that you practical want? Practical applications, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to spell them out, obviously, but you know. So, uh, do, yeah, go ahead. You would be surprised. Um, Footwork, posture. Oh yeah, you know, no. How to make people move, but you know, it's like, it's got a lot going for it that enhances even your fight skills. Well, what's what's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite style? I've got two favorite styles. All right. One is uh, bachata, Dominican salsa. Huh. No kidding. Yeah, and uh, the easiest way to describe that is dry humping. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
Yeah. And blues. Yeah. I like yeah. the blues dancing, which yeah. is slow dry humping. Slow dry humping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it has its benefits. There's a, there's a theme. There is a theme. So, so uh, dude, can you twerk? <laughs> you uh, if I'm paid enough, yeah. Of <laughs> That's so funny. It, it was a case of like, there's no one here that can teach me anything in Philippine martial arts. Right. And I, I needed to be a student again. That's right. Hey, look, dancing's great. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I wanted to think of something outside the box. Right, something and it is. And it, by the way, it is applicable to what already, already, already you're doing. So it's a good way to meet the ladies, too, I guess. Are you, unless you're married again. Are you married again? Oh, not yet, no. <laughs> <laughs> Diving right back in there. I like, I like that you're always looking oh, for a man. future ex-wife. That's good. <laughs> well, yeah, I like wedding cake. That's about as far as I like it. wedding cake. Look, there's e- cheaper ways to get it, brother. <laughs> Strangely enough, I've never proposed to anyone. They proposed to you? <laughs> No, no, the wedding's just going to happen. Well, oh, that can just happen. <laughs> yeah, that's dangerous. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Spontaneous hey, wedding. Right. Hey, but, hey, i gotta, I got to wrap this up. Pat, thank you so much for uh, for being on the show and taking time out of your schedule. And we'll talk about maybe that's having you come to the – have you ever – outside LA, you've never been to New York or Philly? No. Ah, well, you're not missing anything. Because uh, no, yeah. I'm in New Jersey. I've, I've which is, all right, as far yeah, as I yeah, but we'll get you out of here. We'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about it maybe sometime next year and stuff. And uh, if you need to get a hold of Pat O'Malley, it's what's rapidarnis.com. Tom, what locks? Not website? Rapid Arnis, Rapid Arnis. Rapid, uh, rapid Arnis. If you need to get a hold of me, it's primaljimnj.com. You can uh, contact us at the radio, hamiltonradio.net. Listen to us Saturday nights, 9 p.m. UK time, Saturday nights, 9 p.m. in uh, New York time. Uh, you can find us uh, on that chat room, any comments or any guests you want to see coming up. Uh, you can also get a hold of me at the gym at 609-584-8500. Tom, anything else, brother? No, I think we're going to get Lack Loy on next week. That's oh, all. Lack Who's will my JKD instructor? Oh, nice. Yeah. I, well, I got people waiting in the in, in, in the wings after that. Then we'll uh, put them on because right. everyone we've interviewed so far has been from Europe. That's uh, right. So we which need, is we okay. Need some Americans. Look, a, yeah. No, no Americans. No, no, I don't think we need. That. No, we don't need it. Anymore. We don't need that. No. Okay. All right. Nobody we're, needs that. Right. No, I had a lot of fun. Whatever you have in mind. <laughs> well, if you're sure. going to get lack on, make sure he wears a hat because his head will glare off the camera <laughs> and you won't be able to see it. <laughs> it does glare. I know, I know. Hey, Pat, thank you, brother. I really do appreciate it. And uh, good luck with Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need a lot of luck with Tom. You do, you do. Too. All right, America and Europe, we're out. Peace out. You have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.